Welcome to Wide Awake. Whether you're a longtime follower of Christ, new to the faith, or someone who may be skeptical about the claims of Christ, we hope these next few minutes will build you up, encourage you, and help you wake up to deep, meaningful life in Christ. I'm Chris, the host for Wide Awake today, and I'm excited about our conversation for this episode. Joining me is lead pastor of Redemption Church, Jeff Lawrence. What's up, Jeff? Hey, hey. And uh, today we're going to be talking about sharing our faith. At Redemption, we started this new sermon series in the book of Acts called Glad Hearts and Bold Church, which, side note, I would love to talk more about the title of this series in a future episode. Uh, But for now, our aim over the next several episodes is to address questions and topics that might surface as we study this part of Scripture together as a church. So let's dive in, Jeff. Uh, Today's topic is sharing our faith. And in Acts 1, there's this theme or this call to share the gospel or to witness. Um, and, And let's just acknowledge that sharing our faith is hard. And so I want to ask you, why is it hard? Uh, so many reasons, but you know, we don't even want to use the word evangelism in our world anymore. And I think it is a tough conversation for us to do. It's always been a challenging task. In fact, Acts 1, we saw that Jesus told his disciples, don't try to do this until you're equipped from above to do this. Wait until the spirit comes, because this is so challenging that you're not going to be able to do this on your own. And so for the disciples who spent three years with Jesus, this was hard. This is going to be hard for you and I too. And so I think it's a it's it's just one of those things that goes without saying. We all struggle to step out and share our faith, to to walk across the street and just engage someone and have a conversation about faith that they may or may not agree with uh, can be intimidating. Yeah. So you actually unpacked this waiting concept uh, as we were talking about Acts one and the disciples waiting on the Spirit to come. Talk about that a little more. If we're going to share our faith. What are we waiting for to share that? What are what are some ways that we know we're ready to share our faith? Well, I think there's a couple things for sure that, that, that we need to have or that are essential to our readiness to share our faith. And one of those, I would say, is an internal drive that's something in us that's compelled to do so. And then I think there's an external help that we need. And so let me just break those down a little bit. I think internal drive... First, you know, the, the, the great commandments, Scripture talks about, are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself, Jesus said. And so I think to have that internal drive that's based in a love of Christ that we're wanting to make Him known and a love of other people that we want to share good news for them. I think where we get ourselves in trouble there is when there's just a religiosity or a I want to win a power game with someone or a culture war and and so our motivations are are invalid in some ways and, and that's not going to lead to a productive sharing of our faith with someone else and so we need an appropriate internal drive and so I think it's the first thing we need that's really grounded in love and then the second is we need an external help that we have a a gospel that's powerful. In fact, Paul says in, in Romans 1 that the, the gospel is the power of God for salvation to all peoples. And so we need, we need something external to us that, that's true, and we need the Holy Spirit's help. And so we need, we need God's help because we can't change a human heart. And so we need an external help that goes along with us to increase our boldness, to give us courage, uh, but also to actually do the work of changing lives that we, we don't have the capacity to do. 
That's good. Um, on internal drive, I love that phrase because we have to be motivated. But you said that internal drive has to be rooted in the greatest commandment, which is a love from God and for God and for other people. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about truth. So you mentioned truth being an important piece of this, right? So does truth matter? Obviously it does, but let's let's like dive down into that. Does the resurrection matter? In this age of my truth, how do we navigate what the Bible says is true and how is that a part of us sharing our faith? Yeah, as we talk about a world that, you know, whether I've in over the years we've kind of gone from a postmodern culture to post-Christian culture to, uh, you know, whatever label you want to put on. Some of the transitions that have happened culturally, we've kind of dismissed this idea of, a, of an external or objective truth. And yet in Scripture, you see uh, this proclamation of the faith, this call to trust the, the, the Word of God. And you see something that is an external objective reality that we are called to trust. And specifically, when you think about the resurrection, I think Acts and, and in the Gospels of in the New Testament uh, strongly um, continue to point us back to the eyewitness testimony about the reality of the resurrection. And so I think those are things that we need to to trust. And man, let me just say this. There are enormous philosophical conversations, and we need we need Christians that are diving in and getting PhDs and doing hard work in a lot of those circles and engaging in those conversations. But for most of us, we're not going to be we're not we're not really going to be ready to to dialogue and chop up uh, all the philosophical nuances of those conversations at an academic level. But we can trust the truth of God's word on, on a practical level for our own lives, for our own spiritual life. And there are things we absolutely have to hold on to in terms of our own, in terms of our own understanding of the gospel. That's good. So I'm hearing you say truth does matter for sure. I think we'd all agree on that. Uh, but the eyes of our hearts need external help to see the truth of the gospel. And so it's something we can't fully open up just on our own. We need the help of the spirit. We need to actually study the Word of God for ourselves. I hear you saying that. It's like, man, don't just don't just lean on what everybody else is saying, but like, as Christians, let's actually dig into this stuff and see what the Bible says as truth. You know, and it's interesting when uh, talking about the the beginning of the Book of Acts, and and Luke and Acts were written by a man named Luke, who's a physician, and both of those two. Uh, those two two uh, books of the Bible start off, and he talks about there was actually a practical way in which he accumulated and put together the information in order to tell a story, and, and not just a story, but to tell the true testimony of what he experienced. And so he talks about in Acts that, uh, that his first book really described everything that Jesus did and taught. And so there was a reality that he was describing of who Jesus is, what Jesus did for us, and his death on the cross, and his resurrection, and then his ascension that we see. And he also talked about what Jesus taught, and that those two things go together. And so there are things that are important. First John 1 talks about we have heard, we've seen with our eyes, we've looked upon, we've touched uh, the one named Jesus. And so we see this incredibly important thing uh, later in Acts 1 when they go to, to uh, because with the 12 disciples of Jesus. Um, Judas obviously is gone at this point. They're going to try to bring in another disciple. And one of the criteria they gave was it has to be one of the men that, and it says, accompany us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went out and out, in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day he was taken up. One of these men must become a witness of the resurrection. 
And so there's this essential thing of one of the, the disciple that was going to replace Judas had to have been there. He had to have seen the stuff that happened. He had to have witnessed the resurrection, seen the resurrected Jesus. We know during a 40-day period after he was resurrected, we know of 10 different times that Jesus appeared. And there may have been more. We have 10 records of that, of over more than 500 people that saw the resurrection. And that uh, that testimony has gone out. And so, yes, it matters what we believe. And there is truth. In fact, Paul said in 1 Corinthians, if Christ has not been raised, that our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. And so if, if the resurrection is not true objectively, then, man, this is all, this is all foolish enterprise. That's powerful. Um, so let me ask you this. What is the relationship between truth and the Spirit? So we've talked about waiting on the Spirit to come and help us, uh, but, and, and then also having these hardline, you know, historically proven accounts for what is actually true. How do those things, how do those two things merge as we walk out our faith and share our faith? Yeah, and I wish I could just spell this out and make it crystal clear and simple and really easy to understand. But and there's some mystery involved in this. There is some uh, some stuff that even goes beyond our capacity to understand exactly how God works uh, all these things together. But here's what here's what we see in in the scriptures is that so often the spirit and truth go together. And yet in our experience, when I look at the broader church culture, oftentimes there's some uh, circles within Christianity that when they speak of the spirit, the conversation moves towards more of a personal mystical revelation and a powerful experience, sometimes to the exclusion of the truth or the word of God. And then there's this other extreme on the other end that is really focused on truth and the word of God and maybe to the neglect of the spirit and maybe maybe even a fear or avoidance of the spirit. And so they that that side fails to appreciate the power and the boldness given by the spirit, fails to to appreciate how the spirit sometimes breaks down barriers and walls that prevent the gospel from going forth and and so we want to I think maintain some balance between those two extremes and um that's a whole nother episode, right? Yeah, we could we could spend <laughs> we could spend weeks on that one right yeah. there, uh, but I think that's where when you think about the balance. For me, I, I come back and it is good just to go back to scripture, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, as I, I mentioned earlier, Romans one, Paul talks about the gospel being the power of God for salvation. Uh, John sixteen, Jesus talks about the Spirit coming and how He's going to send the Spirit as a helper to His followers, and He calls Him the Spirit of Truth. And puts those ideas uh, immediately together and says, he will guide you into all truth. He will glorify me. He will take what is mine and declare it to you. And so the spirit is not, is not speaking on his own authority, but he's, he's speaking on the authority of, his, of the Father and of the Son and the Trinity is working together in this. Uh, you look at Ephesians 1 and it talks about um, that the, the, the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him having the eyes of your heart opened or enlightened so that you may know the hope to which he has called you. And so when you think about what Christ is saying and what Christ has done, he sent the Spirit to us so that the Spirit can open the eyes of our heart to give us knowledge of him. And so it points back to Jesus. You look at Ephesians 3, and I just jotted down some verses knowing what we're going to talk about here today. But Ephesians three sixteen to 19 says that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Why? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. 
that is you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Mm. So you see this, this interplay between truth and the Spirit and the power of the Spirit to open the eyes of our heart, the power of the Spirit at work in our inner being, allowing us to comprehend with all the other believers the truth about Jesus and his love for us. And so I, I love the I love how the interconnected those two ideas are biblically and how much interplay there is. And I think that's an encouragement to me as I think about us going to share our faith is we have this external help of this truth that that is is a reality we can depend upon and, and count on, but it's also empowered or enlivened by the Holy Spirit and the presence of God. Yeah, it's so encouraging. I think back to your two points of like, it has to be internally motivated and it has to be externally motivated. And as I'm thinking about that for my own life, it encourages me to want to lean into studying and understanding what the Word of God says. But also these three passages that you just described of like trusting in the actual help of the spirit to open my eyes to see the truth. I have a helper who is God and that's incredible. And so it's, it's, very encouraging to, and I, I think that's important to lean into. Lean into uh, personally whenever you're at that point where, uh, and man, I just think there's times where we need to share our faith, and maybe God puts someone in our mind or puts someone in our heart, and they draw. You know, we 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 think, man, I'm just thinking about that guy today, or or that that gal across the street. I wonder how she's doing, and those things come to mind. And a lot of times we just kind of kind of tamp that down, mm-hmm. and sometimes I wonder if. The Spirit's not encouraging us and prompting us to go do it. I just, man, when I'm in that place to trust this and to say, and I've got a gospel that's powerful that can bring about salvation, and I've got a Spirit that's my helper that's going to go with me, and uh, you know, even in the, in the great com- in the great commission. In, in Matthew, where where Jesus says, "Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them," um, he he begins that with, "All authority has been given to me." Now you go, and he ends it with, and I will be with you always. And so whenever we go, we never go alone. We always go with God at our side. And that's encouraging for me that, that Jesus and his spirit is his representative to be our helper in the midst of those conversations. That's so good. I think, I think, on our, uh, I think during our time right now that we're living in, you know, you mentioned our neighbor and and this prompting by the Spirit to maybe share the gospel with our neighbor or just share a truth with our neighbor. And yet we're in these times where everything is so divided, everybody's so heated, everybody has their own views on things. And so it, it does take a boldness to be able to press through that, right? And so, and this hasn't changed over the centuries. Like it's always going to take a boldness to go and approach somebody with the help of the Spirit. And so I, I'm just reflecting on what you're encouraging us in. And I, I think, and I think, you know, I mean, I've been reading, reading in Acts as we're kind of working through this, preaching through this book. And one of the things you see in there is, how often they they did face um, rejection. They faced you know people that ignore them that weren't interested. There are times where they had to leave one city and go to another. There are times where they were, I mean, frankly, beaten up and bullied. There were times when uh, they when they were stoned and even killed. And so you, th- there's always been opposition, and it may take on a different flavor in different um, dis- different centuries. But there's always been opposition to the gospel, and so there's it requires a boldness. And I think the thing on our part that is important for me is that that internal motivation is really grounded in love, mm-hmm. not in anger, mm-hmm. not in not in condescension, not in condemnation. 
Uh, but that we, you know, Christ, uh, Christ sends us out as ambassadors to represent Him, and so we need to display His character, and we need to display the His message, and we need to we need to look like Him in the way in which we interact with others, and uh, that is bold. And Christ was bold, but um, we need to make sure that there's a, a a temperance in our own hearts that we that we're tethered to the person of Christ, and that that's what that's what people ultimately see. That's good. Let's shift to uh, another aspect of this conversation, which is community. This is, it's hard to share our faith. And I want to just tease out maybe a little bit of uh, the importance of doing this in community, maybe even in the context of church community. So talk about that a little bit. Oh man, there, you know, when you think about um, the disciples, the fact that Jesus, uh, I, I love him, uh, I believe it's Mark, uh, I think it's chapter three, where it says Jesus got uh, called the disciples because he wanted to be with them. And so there was a community aspect of that from the very get-go, that he walked with those, the, the, that group of, of men. And then there was a larger group of disciples that included uh, a bunch of women that were super faithful in, in terms of their ministry, their ministry and, and, and engaging in the mission of Jesus and uh, serving Christ and serving uh, his followers. And Well, I think about this in the context of our church. So we encourage our people to be part of small groups. And those are areas where they can actually practice the one another's. They can practice the living it out. They can practice the truths that they're understanding in community. Um, And so how how does a community help move into that that intentionality and that boldness to share the gospel? Yeah, and we, we in talking about how hard it is to share the gospel. I think we need encouragement. We need we need brothers and sisters around us that are going to come alongside us, and uh, one that help us sometimes put a mirror up to ourselves and see where maybe we do need our character formed and shaped so that we look like Christ as we go to to provide a witness to someone else. I think we also need, uh, as you talked about, the one another. We need to encourage one another. We need to uh, to pray for one another. There's times where you're going to you're called to go share your faith somewhere, and you may need to say, "Hey, would you pray for me? I'm going." Um, and you pray that I would be bold, and uh, so I think those are that's an aspect of that. That um, it, it is interesting when you look at the disciples that Jesus called a group to walk together, and then there's a broader group that came around that that included men and women that uh, that walked alongside Jesus. But then when Jesus uh, even tells them to wait on the Spirit, they wait together, and when the Spirit descends, He descends upon them as a group. And even in, in, later in Acts, when they they're sent out to different cities. They tend to go in small groups. They tend to go in groups of people that are going to encourage one another, um, because I think we we are all um, we are all weak in a lot of ways, and we all need to be built up. We need to be strengthened, and uh, we need we need the encouragement of community to stay the course. And what, what I think what you're describing right now is incredibly difficult to do in the waters that we're swimming in because everything tells us to do this individually. Everything tells us to, we've got this on our own. It's, you know, pull yourself up and, and do your own thing. And so community and boldness and sharing our faith is so countercultural. But welcome to Christianity, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's funny, we're even listening to podcasts right now, and I'm sure everyone's listening to podcasts by themselves. No one's listening to this probably in a group. But somehow we need to connect in community. We need to still find those relationships where we where we learn how to foster those uh, within, within biblical community and encourage us to stay faithful. Okay, so let's end with this. It's clear that we are called, we are sent, we are called to be witnesses. Um, 
today, right now, what are some practical ways we can actually take some steps forward? As we're listening to this podcast, I'm going to hit stop or I'm going to get out of my car here in the next few minutes. What am I going to do this week? I think the first thing I'd say is just drive across town, walk across the room, walk across the locker room, uh, go, go walk across the office to go meet someone. Go, go hang out with someone, schedule a coffee, text them and schedule a lunch, get together with someone that needs to, to meet Jesus and build a relationship. And so I think that's the first thing for me is to go invest relationally in a real friendship, be a friend to someone and share your life with them and allow your witness to come, not just through a message you send, but through you sharing your life with someone else. That's good. And then I think um, once you get in that relationship, I think most people I know feel intimidated. I don't know how to start the conversation. I don't know how to answer all the questions. I don't know. I don't know how to how to resolve all the tensions that I feel in this when they push back on some of the things I say. And my encouragement there would just be share what you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what what Jesus asked the disciples to do is take that which they had witnessed, that which they'd seen, that which they'd heard, and share the thing that they knew. And so you may not know everything, but you know something. So share what it is that you do know uh, in order to be a witness of that which you've experienced. Start there. Start with your redemption story of here's how Jesus has impacted my life, and here's what I, in, I know about his grace, and be willing to share that. And then I think the last thing as you do that is remember that, um, is th- that you've got that external help. That you've got a gospel that's powerful. You've got you've got the truth of God that that um, that, that does is the power of, of God for salvation, and you've got the Holy Spirit by your side. And so, don't don't go do this in your own strength and your own effort. But ultimately, uh, trust the power of the gospel and the Spirit in the process of relationally engaging others and, and sharing the truth of the gospel with them. What an encouraging conversation, Jeff. Thank you so much for taking the time to unpack some of this with us. And uh, my prayer is that I would be able to walk out of this conversation and go be bold and share the gospel and, and share and be a witness in my faith this week. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. I enjoyed it and just praying that God would continue to draw people to himself. We'd see, we'd see people meet Jesus. Thanks again for listening to Wide Awake. Wide Awake is produced by Redemption Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If what we talked about today resonated, please subscribe to our podcast and share this episode with a friend. Also, we'd love to hear from you. If you have questions or topics that you would like for us to cover, you can email us at wideawake at redemptionokc.com. Lastly, if you're looking for more ways to wake up to deep, meaningful life in Christ, we'd love for you to join us for our Sunday worship gatherings. We gather each week at 10.30 a.m. to grow as followers of Christ. You can also join us by watching online at redemptionokc.com. All are welcome. The only requirement is to come as you are. Until next time, may the light of Christ shine on you.